3: Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But don't forget, with a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll get that free CHGO membership, access to all of our great written content, and even a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker. Two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Terabasi, as always. And joining us here in our West Loop studios is the Chicago Tribune's Philip Thompson. Phil, thanks for joining us. Right. Thanks for coming down. I know it's a, it's a busy week for all of us, draft week, and free agency and prospects camp next week. So uh, thanks for making the time for us today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. There's a ton to get to.
1: Yes. Where
2: do yeah, we begin? It's something big's coming up, right? <laughs> I've heard yeah, think, I've heard I think something, yeah. I think
1: draft, something,
0: yeah.
2: The
3: drafts, something about like that. that, yeah.
0: It's uh we're having a <laughs> pizza party <laughs> here tomorrow.
1: That's that's, that's <laughs> the big news. That's yes. the big that's the, the big news. Yeah. That's what's important. Parties, gentlemen. Yes. Parties.
3: Yeah, it, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we have heard, you know, I mean, months really um, leading Absolutely. up to this date about ways the Hawks could try to get into the first round. And, and while you're here, Phil, what's we, we've been talking about it for weeks. Let's get let's get your thoughts on the Alex DeBrinket situation. Um, do you think Alex Dabrinkit will be traded? Do you think Alex Dabrinkit should be traded? What sort of uh, parameters have you created for yourself in terms of that situation? Oh, wow.
1: I have come around to the fact that he probably should be traded if if Davison can get a King's ransom. And I've seen some of the reported uh, offers that have been made, like high-round picks with prospects, and they have been rejected, which I think is the right call if, you, if you're going to – uh, trade away, who is the centerpiece of your franchise? Then you you need to get, as I said, a king's ransom. Yeah,
0: that's kind of exactly how we feel here. <laughs> I think we've talked ourselves into like it's okay as long as, as Elliot Freeman put it, and we've been using the term too. As long as you wreck another franchise, <laughs> to get us. like you, you got to ruin
2: a franchise yeah, to make you, this You have deal. to make. Yeah. You
0: have to make the other fan base go absolutely crazy, like why did we do this in order to do it? And it seems that's what's happening. If these reports that we're getting are true and based on the people who are putting them out there, there's no reason to believe, you know when Elliot Freeman says th- something's happening, it's probably happening. Um, so if he's rejecting big time offers already, then I think Black Hawk fans can feel a little more at ease. Sure, it's not gonna be a popular decision if Alex Zabrinkit gets traded, but we already learned that Kyle Davidson has no problem making unpopular trades if it makes the long-term picture a brighter one. So I think we're in good hands. There's still time to prove us wrong. (laughs) But I think we're in good hands where he's like, I'm only gonna do this if it takes a year off this rebuild, at least a year off this rebuild. Yes.
2: Yeah, and, and I think too, you know, with, with what we've been seeing about these reports and rumors, you know, if, if the, 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 the Philadelphia report that the Flyers were, were in on it until the fifth overall pick was, was thrown in there, and then they say, oh, they, we don't want to give it the fifth overall pick, it's like, good, you know, it, it, Davidson doesn't want to force a, a deal, and he's keeping his price high. And I think, you know, when, when you're not necessarily shopping players, as, as was the case with, with Brandon Hagel, you have to set the bar high to be like, hey, if if you want this player, he is available, but you have to blow me away with 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 an offer. And I think in this situation, Davidson has leverage because they technically don't need to trade Alex DeBrinket. Like they could they can live with the picks that they have and also have Alex DeBrinket on this roster and and be totally fine with it. And I think that that's the alternative situation of not getting in the first round. This this season by making this deal is you have Alex DeBrinket.
1: Well, I think he he does and he doesn't to some extent because I, I really think he doesn't want to pay that nine million dollar qualifying offer. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of all right. Do you keep DeBrinket into production? But there's also a cultural cost because he he does so many things on a team and he leads by example. I and mean, right. Nobody quibbles with any part of his game, uh you know maybe his defense. But I mean he puts in a great defensive effort for his size and his role. Mm-hmm. Um but you know when you think about what you can what you can get for him it you know and and the fact that Davidson doesn't want to spend a lot of money in the early part of this rebuild uh, I think there is a little bit of internal pressure that he's putting on himself to make this happen.
2: Well you uh, you brought up a, yeah. we were talking about show you brought up a really good point too about you know, looking at the roster, if Dabrinket's gone, who's kind of there in the rebuild stage to kind of bridge the gap between being this is really bad and this is really good. And I think that that was a, a really, you know, good point of like, yes, you need good, you know, you need veteran players in the roster, but you can't just have a veteran. You need someone who can lead a locker room.
1: Yeah. I mean, and some guys are like, I like the use of phrase, they're just built for it. Like Seth Jones, great player. But he's not a real demonstrative guy. I mean, in fact, his brother is probably more demonstrative, more of your kind of team locker room guy than Seth is. I don't think he would probably disagree with that. I think he's become more of that out of necessity. Um, but you need more guys in that bridge than just Connor Murphy. Mm-hmm. I mean a lot of guys respect Connor Murphy in the locker room. Um, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays obviously comes up, but you know, their their future with the franchise is up in the air, you know. Do, you know, are they going to mentally check out or are they going to physically check out? You know, in the case of Jonathan Taze, who's dropped a hint that he might want to leave. Um, and Davidson may say, you know, I mean, it's time to move on from this. So who's going to teach these young guys that, that Davidson wants to bring in? Who's going to be there? I mean, Sam Lafferty.
3: <laughs> Sam Lafferty and Tyler Johnson. <laughs> and future right. captain Reese Johnson. Future captain Derrick King said, yes. future captain. Yes. Oh, so your, your point about it, you know, Phil, this is something we haven't really talked about it is – the fact that, that you just said that, that Kyle Davidson might not want to pay Alex to bring it $9 million to be here while the team gets pasted every night. Other teams might know that and say, look, they're going to play tough and they're going to act tough. But at the end of the day, we know that Kyle Davidson actually doesn't want to pay Alex to bring it a ton of money. So it's that game of chicken, right? The proverbial game of chicken and way different situation. But we talked about this at, at the trade deadline You didn't get anything for Calvin DeHaan, who you knew was probably leaving the franchise. There has been no indication he's coming back by any means, and they, you know, he held tight, he stuck to his guns, probably set a price of, I want this much back, and if I don't get it, I'm not trading him. That's all great, but how many times can you get stuck with, you know, playing too hard of hardball? And we have no evidence that that's what Davidson's doing yet, but it's just something to keep in mind that other teams know that he does not want to put that money towards Alex DeBrink, so they can say. No, you're not getting a top five pick for Alex DeBrincat because we know in reality you don't want to sign him. So it's that's the, kind of the, the game they have to play, and he has to play.
1: Well, I, I think that's a, a different conversation too when you're talking about a Calvin DeHond and the DeBrincat. obviously. course, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be funny here. Um, I, I think you know we're we're around a team. We you know we talk to DeHond. We see his positive attributes and what he could bring to a team, but that market out there may say, yeah, you know, we, we can find a lot of guys like that. That's why they can pass on him. I mean, look at Dylan Strome. How long or how many times have they tried to, uh, you know, trade Dylan Strome yeah. but couldn't find a taker? And you say, well, you know, this, he played great with Kane and, and DeBrenket on, on that line. You know, he's kind of resurrected his career. But, you know, maybe Davidson was asking too much for him. Uh, but, you know, you could probably say the same. I think Bowman was trying to – uh you know, pass them off as well. We're we'll going to let that one slide. <laughs> Everybody gets wow, one. Those we'll one <laughs> Everybody gets yes. <laughs> one. He who first shall one's, not there be named. you go. See we, we already explained that. <laughs> uh, I couldn't resist. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> a fir- <laughs> there he is, right there. He who shall
0: last yeah. there. Uh that first one's free, but <laughs> <laughs> now you
2: know. Now you know. You'll right. yeah. right. Well, <laughs> okay.
0: the, the whole reason we did okay. that is because we were just tired of, you know, Blackhawks fans in general, be it in our personal Twitters or on the whatever, just constantly still complaining about he who shall not be named. I was yeah. like, he's gone. He can't hurt us anymore. It's time to move on. So that's why we're <laughs> not even going to say his name on the show anymore yeah. to incite those types of things. I'm sensing some group PTSD. <laughs> Big time. Yes. And, oh, yeah, and yes. You mentioned it earlier because of how we've been uh, conditioned the past decade. We're not used to the Blackhawks having the leverage in trade negotiations. Yes. This is
2: not something we're used to. Being able to be the team that can say, that hey, can we'll, we'll, the, we'll uh, help yeah. you out if you give us something sweet. Exactly. We're they, used they've, to they've been the, on the other end. We're of used
0: it. to having to deal out of desperation and everybody else knowing it and then taking advantage of it. Now we're the team that could take advantage of some of these desperate teams and get something for it it's yeah. a weird situation to be in when you're used to being on the other side of that coin but it's good embrace it it's 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 okay
1: that's an excellent point but it came to the point where you had to be willing to do, to obliterate the team um <laughs> to have that kind of leverage Well, i'll okay hold a gun to myself you know i'm holding myself i, yeah. <laughs> I am personally <laughs> a big fan of scorched earth
0: kyle <laughs> davidson <laughs> yes. burn it all yeah. down it's time yeah it is time hanging on to what Got us all that success in the early 2010s, is why we're in this situation now. So it's time to just start over.
3: And I think the fans are ready for it too, because uh, we haven't gotten a chance to talk about it. It's been a busy week, but the Athletic just published their uh, Blackhawks fan survey results, and something like 73 they were said they were ready for a full rebuild. I never thought I would hear that, but people have seen that the patchwork thing doesn't work. They've been trying that for the last four or five years. And it just has not it has not worked out that way. So the, I think the fan base is on board, and that also gives Kyle Davidson some slack to say, "All right, well, if the fan base is mostly on board, and he shouldn't worry about the fans. Let's say that for sure. Um, you know, he knows he's got a couple years here to to work and doesn't have to to panic and get things done perfectly right away. Um, but people seem to like the hire. They seem to like uh, the Luke Richardson hire. They seem to like Kyle Davidson so far. So they've got some goodwill built up." And I think the fans will have some patience with whatever they decide, including Alex DeBrinkett, especially if the return is so big. Uh, Yesterday's show, we had a question in the chat about Connor Murphy's value. Yesterday's show, we spent a lot of time sort of evaluating the value of these guys. But I'd like to get your take on that too, Phil. And, and, you know, we've been saying already, you got to have some veterans on the team. But Connor Murphy's another guy who a lot of teams around the league will look at. A very affordable deal with a lot of term left on it. Um, What do you see happening with Connor Murphy?
1: I don't know that <laughs> Connor Murphy is going to to give you the value back for what you would lose from the team. Yeah. I mean <clears throat> I don't know. It it could be because I, you know, as as a reporter, you know, I, I really like his candor and, you know, just how he breaks things down and he doesn't he tells you things unvarnished and I get a sense that he does that in the locker room, too you know, and that he really feels the losses. And, and I think that could be a bridge too far, um, especially when you have a, a lot of young defensemen that are going to need somebody that that shows them the nuts and bolts of, of playing a very nuanced game. Yeah. Not saying that he is like all world or anything, but I mean, I, I think he plays the game or his game with integrity. So, you know, Giving him up for probably not a lot of return, maybe a bridge too far for me.
2: Yeah, and, and I think too, you know, you 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 do have a lot of young defensemen that look promising that are going to be coming up, but you can't just trade away all the veterans to open up spaces for all these young guys and then have no one to help bring them along. And and I think Murphy is one of those players that. Um, to 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 what we were saying before about needing players that can help bring you know bridge that gap between the team being really bad and being really good. Murphy's one of those players that I think you know what what he can do both on the ice and in the locker room is is, is pretty important.
1: But here's the thing: at the same time, Davidson has said that he's going to give guys as much time as Rockford is needed, implying right. that you know more than his predecessor would. There you go. <laughs> you're getting it. Catching on. <laughs> Catching on. I'm a little slow here, but that uh, he's going to give them as much time as he needs and then probably give them a little more time to make mm-hmm, sure that right. they're seasoned enough. So who's going to be on the ice? You right. know, if you're dispatching a lot of the veterans and you're saying that we're not just going to bring young guys up just to bring them up, you're going to have a bunch of rentals that you get off free agency, and he says he doesn't want to spend in free agency. Yeah. Is he yeah. just going to bring like just the dregs of NHL society <laughs> to fill yeah. out a roster? If you
0: want Connor Bedard that bad, yes. Yeah, time for con- that, that's <laughs> yes. true. Exactly. I mean, well, no Connor Murphy, no Alex DeBrinket. Your chances of getting Connor Bedard just got a whole lot better, and yeah. no goaltender.
1: Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I
0: mean, Connor Murphy. That's it's an interesting. Somebody in the chat brought it up. Uh, surfing Duck DB. I think that's it. Murphy's yet to show that he can get back to a high level after that nasty hit he had last year. Yeah. So I don't think his value is as high around the league as it is right now. Exactly. Plus, after having Luke Richardson here and in studio talking to him, Connor Murphy sounds like the ideal Luke Richardson type of player. The guy that he wants here. So there's nothing wrong with having Connor Murphy here to start the season and then he shows he can get back to that high level of play then maybe at the trade deadline when teams are far more desperate for defensemen and willing to overpay, maybe that's when you move them or next offseason. But you're, you're right. you got to have some veterans. Yeah, we have Jake McCabe here too. Uh, I don't think anybody's beaten down the Blackhawks' door to, to get a shot at Jake McCabe. But Jake McCabe, we've talked about it here. He played really well the last six weeks of the season. I think it's just getting over the, the injury. Yeah coming on to a new team coaching all that stuff just piled on to a a subpar season but as there seemed to be more stability he he was their best defenseman the last month of the season especially when murphy was gone so those two guys are really with seth jones is a really good way to start to have coaches on the ice guys that lead the young players because there's so much more that goes into making the jump from the ahl to the NHL, then what goes on the ice you have to learn how to be a professional off the ice too you got to learn to deal with media uh because we're a bunch of jerks and you got (laughs) to learn how to you got to go get your own apartment maybe for the first time in your whole life figure out how to pay a cell phone bill eat right get to your workouts there's so much stuff that goes into being a professional hockey player beyond what we see on the broadcast that guys like connor murphy can take these guys under their wings, and that stuff's invaluable. So I wouldn't be, I'm not the guy that was willing to say, let's get Murphy out of here right now.
3: No, and I, I think we can qualify kind of everything we talk about with, the, with these Blackhawks players of value, to DeBrincaid and Murphy and, to a lesser extent, you know, McCabe and so on and so on. The only reason you would consider any of these deals is if you're getting, like Phil said, a king's ransom in right. return, something that takes your maybe cuts a year off your rebuild, right? If some team's willing to... I, we keep going back to Toronto with, with Connor Murphy. Tor, Toronto wants to get rid of Peter Mrazek. The Blackhawks have a, a empty spot, two empty spots, truthfully, in goal. The Hawks can help them solve that problem and then take back some assets in return. Maybe that late first-round pick and Mrazek for Connor Murphy in a third or something like that, that's the sort of stuff you think about. But unless it's something like that, then no, you're not just doing it for the sake of it. And, and beyond just like people to fill out the roster i think some continuity is important too you can't just have a bunch of guys you've brought in as free agents as your veterans and they're coming into chicago for the first time too you want to have some some people here that have been here that have been through it that understand the city that understand the culture that can help these new faces be them prospects draft picks or free agents assimilate to chicago and figure things out here so by no means are any of the four of us really saying like trade everybody, screw the return. No, you got to be measured. You got to be uh, you know uh, cerebral about these things. And and if if some team is willing to cut a year off your rebuild for a trade, then you think about yeah, it. And yeah. oh, and really only then. Yeah, you compare it to the Brandon Hagel. None of us advocated trading Brandon. Oh Hagel. hell no. We no. had to, we literally had a
0: disclaimer. We love Brandon Hagel, <laughs> but when you see that offer. You gotta take you it. So at, that's yeah. how I view these guys we're talking about here. I'm not saying yes. Let's get Conor Murphy. Let's run him right out of town. But if somebody gives you that offer, you can't say no to. You have to take it. Yeah, and when you when
2: you look at what we're the reason that we're we're thinking like okay, move these guys and 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 see what the return is. A lot of it is based off of the draft this year, next year, and 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 setting up the the future of the organization. You know, rebuilding their 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 prospect system. Um, I don't know how, how deep you've gotten into the in, into the draft coming up here, but what do what do you expect? I guess what would you expect the Blackhawks to do, given you know the Davidson's expressed need or expresses its desire to want to get into the first round. But do you also see a, a, a scenario in which they say, well, we got five picks in the, in the second and third round. Like yeah. they could maybe roll with that and think, Hey, if we, if we hit on some depth picks, we could, we could be in a good
1: position without having to force anything to happen. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Fortunately, I had a chance to talk to Mike Donahue, the, uh, the amateur scouting director. Mm-hmm. And he really broke it down to me this way. He said, look, you know, picks 20 through uh, 50, maybe you can even say 55, historically their value turns about the same. You broke it down to like generally you're going to get like a middle middle pairing or bottom pairing defenseman, um, or you'll you'll get like a uh, bottom six forward. And, you know, maybe there's a, a couple of inches height difference. Maybe the guy's a little bit faster in the 20 range than what you get at, at 50. But it's it's not going to be like one of those top of the lottery type of guys in yeah. terms of their difference in value. So uh, unless there's a particular guy that Davidson really wants, um, I don't foresee them trying to jump in the first round just to say they got a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, they – who shall not be named? Got you know, <laughs> 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 you know, he had a first round pick that, honestly, I don't think a lot of fans were blown away with, that, right? You know that that guy. So I mean, what did you really accomplish? Uh, I, I will say there are some second round uh, targets that he likes, and I think talking to him, if if, if there's a run on centers, they may go defensemen, mm. particularly if there's a guy that can join the rush maybe be power play guy even second power play unit guy they see more value like the way he put it to me is if there's a they have their third rated defenseman still out there and maybe um their next center is ninth on their list obviously you take the defenseman mm-hmm. and uh there there was one in particular that um if you, if you allow me to look at my phone um uh, well two guys that i wanted to mention uh, nor warren you know he's a 6-5 um right handed shot defenseman. Mm-hmm. And you know how valuable a righty shot right, defenseman yeah. is. Um and Donahue uh compared him well, you know, you gotta be careful with comps. <laughs> oh yeah. He's, he's a similar player. Yes, he said Eric Chernak type. Okay. So you we'll see take that. one of those. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if that guy's available, like even a facsimile of that mm. in the second round, you get that guy. And then another one that I've, I've been, maybe it's because I've been pumping him up, because uh, <laughs> he's from Sudbury. Uh, Davidson's from Sudbury. Okay. David Goyette. Making some connections. <laughs> yeah, I'm making some connections that if Goyette falls, uh, Donahue thinks that he might go by the 25th pick. But if he somehow does fall, I don't see Davidson resisting no, that's that's a
0: guy i've 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 looked at too, and that's a guy that if he's there at that first pick you the Blackhawks, you hear teams this time of year saying best available player, best available player. The Blackhawks literally can do that because they need everything. yeah mm-hmm. yeah, I mean we know they've got their best prospects that aren't Lucas Reichel are all defensemen, but are any of those guys Norris trophy winners? Probably not. No. Are any of those guys top pairing play defensemen? Probably not. I mean, if you squint hard enough, maybe one of those guys, but there's no superstar.
2: They have a lot of of good number four options. Yeah, yeah.
0: they have a guy, yes. So if they take a defenseman with that first pick or even any of those first couple of picks, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, oh, what the heck, we've got defensemen. But A, you can never have too many of them. No, of course. And B, if it's the best player available, this is literally what the Hawks can do. Uh, best guy out there because they need everything yes they need dynamic forwards but if you get another modern day and you know defenseman especially right-handed shot with some size Luke Richardson has mentioned size on defense Mm -hmm. a lot already so um, there's very few wrong ways they can go here just get the best player available Kyle Davidson looks like he is a guy that will listen to his scouting staff which again yeah. We're not used to that. You know, <laughs> it's not he who shall not be named saying, having all his scouts say, take this guy. And he goes, nope, I'm taking that guy. So um, it's going to be very intriguing to see. I think we're going to get our first real idea of what Kyle Davidson envisions the future of this team looks
1: like by the types of players he takes. I'm glad you brought that up. And you guys have been there. Did you read between the same lines that I read that the way that? He who shall not be named uh, structured <laughs> his uh, his whole scouting system and the information flow is that so everything would come through him, and that he was the arbiter of all these decisions. Whereas uh, Davidson wants to make it more egalitarian; everybody has the There's same information, very little so, ego there. so he can be challenged if he needs to be challenged. Whereas the other person wanted all
3: the information coming through him.
1: Yeah, uh, did, did you sense that? Oh, of course,
3: that? yeah. And I, what I love about that, and and just take hockey out of it, any sort of major management role, a good manager hires people to that that he or she trusts to do the work and and trust their analysis, right? Like so, bringing in Jeff Greenberg and, and bringing back Norm McIver and all these things that that he has done should put him in the position like a GM's got a million things to do aside from drafting or free agency or whatever. Rely on your amateur scouts for the draft. Rely on your pro scouts for free agency. Get together as a group. Come up with a plan. That I mean, it is such an obvious way to do business instead of, okay, everybody email me what they have found, and I will sort through it all and make the best decision for all of us. No, right. no. That's why they call it a war room. There should be a group of people in there. Every pick that's made, now what? Now what? What's the scenario now? And and everybody should be on the same page before the draft begins. I can't tell you, over the last few years, how many mid, you know, mid draft texts I've received from folks in the organization with just the eye roll emoji or the "oh my god, this is not what anyone <laughs> wanted" sort of a thing. It's, it's it's frustration because look, you've got your amateur scouts doing the work, and they go, "We have agreed, this is the way to go," and mm, nah. I'm going to go this way. Yeah, this guy went to Notre Dame. I went to Notre right, Dame. Like, Let's take like, him. Well, that's never a bad idea. But Nolan Allen, <laughs> your, Nolan Allen's your, a great well, example. Nolan Allen could have been there in the second round, maybe the third round, but he just got this thing in his head that Nolan yes. Allen was his guy, yes. and it could, he could not keep be convinced otherwise. Look, we've not even seen a Kyle Davidson draft yet, and maybe those eye roll emojis pour in during this draft too, but so far so good with everything he's done. It just What he, has, what he is saying makes perfect sense now it's up to him to actually follow through on what he's saying and behave that way as a gm and, and we're about to find out uh we're a little bit behind on our ad copy <laughs> see a ton of new people by the way yeah, it's awesome. uh, in the chat, chat today, today. which is it. great thank you for jumping in. we see a lot of the uh you know the classic chgo youtubers like jason chucko Mucko, narfin and duck all you guys but i saw a bunch of new names in there today thank you for joining in we greatly appreciate it. And stick with us. We're here five days a week. And if you're really enjoying CHGO, the best way to help us continue to grow is to download that Points Bet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only will you get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll get a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our great web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Any questions on any of this? We are easy to reach. Pointsbet at allchgo.com. They can help you get sorted out. If you've never downloaded an app like uh, Pointsbet before, reach out to them. They'll help you get started from start to finish. And remember, you no longer have to go to the sportsbook and get on their Wi Fi to download the app. You can do it from your couch, from your shower from your bed wherever you're at you can download the points bet app from start to finish and get the whole thing done in a matter of minutes you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet and if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and needs help call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services and as Kyle Davidson
0: and his crew try to get the, a competitive edge for the Chicago Blackhawks going forward, you could start your day with a competitive, competitive edge by going and paying a visit to our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD Coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. I'm one of those, big fan. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. The CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you some really good benefits that can help you, such as feeling more alert and focused without all the jitters. You'll be able to live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful night of sleep so you can wake up feeling your best to start the day. Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, it's fresh, and it's shipped straight to your door. Plus, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire order just by using the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That's 25% off your order at Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, craftcoffee.com when you use that promo code CHGO25 at checkout. And if you already love Strava and we've been raving about it for so long, if you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? But you can join the Strava Coffee Club and subscribe and save. With Strava, you're in control. You'll save on all your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your
3: preferred schedule. Our guest in studio is Phil Thompson from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, thanks again, everybody who joined us on YouTube. And if you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate that. Make sure you smash that subscribe button, as the kids say, uh, so you get those uh, that podcast every time it goes live. Phil, we have not spent a lot of time uh, today or recently, really talking about the locker room dynamic uh, with Patrick Kane and, and, probably more specifically, Jonathan Taves. Patrick Kane has, for the most part, been a good soldier and has, you know, said, "Hey, you know, whatever happens, I'm here. I'm just going to do my job. I'm going to go about my business." But Taves has been pretty vocally unhappy about the whole process of a rebuild and the way things have gone in the last few years. How do you see him, you know, existing in this world of what? This roster could potentially look like next season. There's a good chance, maybe 50-50, maybe more, that Alex DeBrincat is traded within the next 24 hours. And if you know, if Jonathan Taves' response to the Brandon Hagel trade was what it was, yes. what's it going to be to the Alex DeBrincat trade? And are we at a point now where having Taves around might be detrimental to some of the young guys on this team? Oh,
1: I don't know if I'm ready to say that. Okay, I don't know if I'm allowed. Well, see, so you, well, you're
3: see, so you're you're in the room every day, yes. right? So that's I think that's. The, one of the main reasons we wanted to have you here is what is the true dynamic? We only hear from Jonathan Taves when he talks in front of a mic, and usually when Taves talks, something last year at least, something was going wrong. <laughs> you know, There yes. weren't a lot of happy moments to talk about after games. So, yeah, give us the insight about what what it was like last year and what you think it could be next year. I mean, obviously, uh, a lot of these
1: young guys still, uh, still respect Taves. Of course, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think – that Taves has always, he's he's never been guarded about his displeasure when, uh, you know, a trade is made, and he feels that it's, it's robbing him of another opportunity to chase a cup with this franchise that, you know, and, and I think he wants to protect his legacy with this franchise. So, I, I don't think he's going to risk becoming a cancer, um, because, you know, he's already had some blowback about, you know, defending, you know, certain people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it, you can even go back to, like, the Gustafson and and, and Robert Le- Robin Leonard trade. Uh, you know, he was heated in the locker room after that saying, you know, what are we doing? Um, I, it, I mean, I, I, it's just a shot that somebody would be upset about Gustafson being traded <laughs> as anybody um, that, that would upset someone. But, I mean... You know, at at the time, he, he had a role. So, you know, then you see Hagel traded. If Brinket is traded, that might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I can't say that, you know, he would just flip out in the locker room. You know, only he knows that. But we, I think we know enough to know that he's not going to hold back his comments, his first opportunity. Yeah. We we see no indication that he wouldn't unload.
3: Well, and he'll be one of the first ones asked, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And he
1: should
0: yeah. be. Yeah. Yes. There were many times in just the brief time that I was on the beat that, you know, he'd get out there and we'd be walking back to the media room going, he did it again. Yes. <laughs> like, Thank you. Yes. <laughs> we got our story. <laughs> right. Um, it's yeah, it's a tough situation because, listen, and again, I've been critical of Jonathan Taves when need be when he does things that you kind of probably don't want your captain to do. But he's wired differently. He's one of the most competitive guys on the planet. He's spent his the whole first half of his career being one of the best players on one of the best teams. So it's tough to remove yourself from that. I get it. Um, but, you know, the reality of the situation is that, you know, he's – You know, rounding third on his career and heading to home plate to use a baseball reference. And this team's going in a different direction. And that's a tough pill to swallow. I understand that. But it's such a and he's earned the right to be upset. He's earned the right to, to, you know, he's the greatest captain in team history. There's no doubt about that. He's going to have a statue one day in the atrium. There's no doubt about it. And he deserves all of it. But sometimes you just want to be like, oh, not again. <laughs> and as we had a, a commenter earlier, I forget which, which, who said it about, um, would he ask to move his you no know, movement to go to Winnipeg? And I know people love, I don't know what it is about hockey that everybody has to go play. I mean, in you just, play, town. Yeah, just yeah. play, yeah, just go play in your hometown. You it's you fine. That's, it yeah, should only yeah. be teams should only draft players at, up front, but, but <laughs> well, you know, that Leafs
3: roster is going to be huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Santos <Coast laughs> is finally going to Toronto, yeah. but,
0: and I know Winnipeg made sense for years and years, but right now, do the Jets want everyone another? wants to leave Winnipeg? No. Right. yeah right. like the Jets already have a roster full of declining, overpriced guy. What do they want another one for? Um, yeah. It would surprise me, but never say never. As I've said for years, never underestimate the stupidity of an NHL general manager. Just when you think you got your thumb mm. on it, somebody's gonna go, "What the heck was yeah. that?"
3: Yeah, no. my, my fear too with Taves is, and look, I, I think we can all agree that the Jeremy Cowan experiment. Uh, was a bad one and would not have worked out regardless. However, him coming into a locker room with Taves and Keith and Seabrook clearly being unhappy about that situation didn't do Jeremy Cowton any favors at all. He was up against it, and if, if I'm Philip Kurashev or random young Blackhawk and I see Jeremy Cowton say something, I look over at Duncan Keith and Duncan Keith's rolling his eyes or not paying attention, who am I thinking, who am I siding with? Right, Duncan Keith or Jeremy Cowan, that, that answer is simple. Now, I think Luke Richardson comes with a little more gravitas, and players, young players will look at him and say, hey, that's a guy who played 1,400 games, gave it all on the ice. There's chunks of that dude still you know, on the ice yeah. in Toronto and, and, and beyond because uh, that guy gave everything he had. So he's a little bit easier of a guy to listen to. But I, I just worry about that sort of toxic environment around young players. I'm glad you mentioned Keith. Because again, this
1: is me being in the room reading a vibe. Nothing he said, but I got the feeling from Duncan Keith that he, you know, he wasn't really interested in even hiding how he felt about Collison. Right. That you know, I don't know if he felt Collison was beneath him or he just tuned him out. But oh, he was. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, that's
1: that. But that's that's a dynamic thing. That's yeah.
2: when you have Duncan Keith going into the Hall of Fame, and. Then you you have a coach that the the biggest experience he had had up to that point was one season in the AHL and coaching in Sweden, yeah. and his biggest playing experience was a handful of games in the NHL, mostly in the minor leagues. A guy who's who he's the same age as I think, so it's just like for Duncan Keith to be like, well, what's this guy going to tell me that I don't already know? I, that's a big dynamic thing, and I and I think with Richardson coming in, you have a long established NHL career, and a person who has worked their way through the
1: coaching ranks. You know what it's like to me? It's almost like um, a a Jerry Krause, Tim Floyd type of dynamic. Right. right interesting. Like I'm going to bring it. This is my guy. You know, I like this guy and conventional wisdom in the whole world. Maybe say, what are you thinking? <laughs> but I know better than everybody else. And I think uh, just like, how the Bulls reacted, <laughs> I think that's how the Blackhawks reacted. Well, yeah, it, we'll it, show
3: you. That's, that is the MO of he who shall not be named, or at least it was in recent years, is I'm going to show you that I'm smarter than everybody right. and go against convention and make the reach draft pick and hire the coach that, you know, for this team full of Hall of Famers, I'm going to bring in this kid, basically, to coach them. It's just. It was always. Look how smart I am. Look how. Look how forward thinking I yes. am. Sometimes the obvious move is the move to make. It's obvious yeah. for a reason. Yeah. You know. A little bit of an update here. Uh, Pierre LeBrun just published this to the Athletic. A little bit of an update on the DeBrinket stuff. Nothing crazy. Uh, he says sources shared Wednesday the teams were starting to put their best trade offers for. To the Blackhawks on Alex DeBrinket, a potential trade that would most likely require a Thursday first-round pick included in it. So there's a pressure point developing there on that front. So things are starting to heat up. Nothing really specific there. Nothing really earth-shattering, but confirmation from one of hockey's most plugged-in insiders that teams are starting to go to Kyle Davidson with their best offers. And
2: what's interesting is as we as we approach Thursday night, six o'clock. Watch us here on uh, CHGO Sports yeah. YouTube. We will be exactly. live for the first round.
3: I don't know uh, how to point.
2: Of the draft <laughs> tomorrow night. Um, I'll do my. Own. What's interesting is I feel as is if if a deal's not made by the st- the start of the de- of, of the of the draft, and then we get through picks one two three four, if he, if he's not traded at that point, debrinkett's going to be on the roster. That's I, how I re- it feels, and I really feel like we're getting to a point where Kyle Davidson might just not be blinking, and. We if 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 we're at a point where, you know those those picks get made or traded with other teams, whatever ends up happening, I think we might be getting to a point where Dubrincic just the 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 deal wasn't what Davidson wanted to. He stick to he stuck to his his price point, and another thing too, I think that we we mentioned a little bit was the indecisiveness of Montreal because it doesn't seem like Shane Wright is slam dunk number one anymore. That might be be playing in two to what happens with the second pick or the third pick or the fourth pick where the Blackhawks may still have kind of a, a target to, to to get into that first round area.
1: i like to bolster that point and then also throw in an anecdote if you'll indulge me. Um, yeah, go for you it. You know, from talking to Donna, he is um, in the article posted today uh, on com. shameless plug. Go check it That's out. Do me. it. Hey, <laughs> yes. We're all shameless here. Shameless, shameless <laughs> plug. Um, He looks at this draft Don- talking about Donahue, the amateur scouting director, is not having many um, or probably any proven generational players uh, versus next year, which he can name at least three and say maybe another two to three will emerge. Um, So uh, his view is there isn't as much urgency to move up in this Mm. draft. Um, You know, especially if you're talking about giving up an Alex uh, yeah, like What yeah. are you getting back, even if you do get a high round pick? A little funny anecdote that I want to share with you guys, because I think you would appreciate it, uh, again, in, in the article. Um, he says that, uh, talking about Donahue, that um, he welcomes the naysayers and the draft trolls um, because <laughs> he wants apologies four to five years from now. Oh, nice. And he I like wants, that. He wants the you know, go to the United Center, have all these draft trolls in the seats, give them a microphone so he could just tell them <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. In four to five years. I, love, a, it. I love it. It's, it's a, a classic you. heel move. got heel the list like
3: Chris Jericho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Check people uh, And <laughs> you just. And, it and he's
1: telling me this in this big Boston accent. He sounds like that. You know, your cousin. From uh, Boston, yeah. you know, Sam Adams ad Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, this, this just goes perfectly with this guy's personality. We, I love
0: that. We had actually talked about that yesterday. This is going to be one of those draft classes that five years from now, you're going to be like, how did that guy go in the fourth round? Or why did that guy go in the first round? Because there's so much uncertainty. So yes. many of these guys didn't play last year. Yes. The, the OHL did not have a season last mm-hmm. year. A lot of these other leagues had very shortened seasons. So a lot of these guys lost in a complete year of development that could have, that they're just getting now. So guys that are taken in the fifth round could turn out to be second round, first round talents as they get that year back. So this is a very crazy draft. They're all crazy and you never know how good they are until four or five years down the road. But this is gonna be that draft, not necessarily just for the Blackhawks, but league wide. We're gonna be watching all-star games in a few years going, how the hell was that guy taken 120th overall.
1: Mm-hmm. And we, we might see if this, this new direction, this mandate for speed really works for them because, you know, talking to those guys, Davidson, you know, Norm McIver and, and Donahue, speed is yeah. everything. Yeah. You know, if the guy doesn't have the best hands, they can work on it. If the guy doesn't have, you know, a perfect shot, they can work on it. But he's got to come in the door with speed. So, well, I,
0: yeah, it's that, a good approach to have, especially when you watch the Colorado Avalanche. You watch the Stanley Cup players; speed is good, but you gotta have skill with that speed. We don't need a roster full of Victor Stahlbergs again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. he was super fast. Yes, and,
3: and handsome. He,
0: and then, yes, very handsome. And then he <laughs> and looked good in white dress shoes. But <laughs> yeah. he was really fast, getting to within five feet of the net. And then when he got within five feet of the net, it was like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like so, yes, speed is great. But you also got to be able to play at a high level to go with that speed. So that there's, yes, the Hawks do need to get faster. Yeah,
2: yeah. There, I, so they and need I, more skill too. And I think there's a, I think there's a difference <laughs> and so when, and and hopefully this is this Other is something that. that the the scouting department is is looking at. Is there's a difference between players that just have straight line speed where yeah. they're just flying on the ice, yes. you know? But there's a difference between that and playing the game fast. And I think I think maybe yes. that's a little bit more of what what they might be looking for. They're not necessarily looking for a burner down, down the boards, but, but a guy who can, you know, think the game fast and, and see it happening in front of them and be able to, to move with it rather than having to catch up to it. And and I think that kind of plays into why potentially Dylan Strome might be on the outside of their plans because he has, he's, he's got great skill in his hands. It, It seems like he can read the game. Well, it's just he he doesn't play very fast and and it it might be that's the biggest factor in potentially saying you know what he may not fit what we're going to try and do he might not, may not be the type of player that we're trying to build around um, and I think that that's that, that could be something that you know when when Norm McIver and, and Jeff Greenberg were introduced, Kyle Davidson said that you know we're making some scouting changes we're making some or not Davidson McIver said we're making some some uh, changes in what we prioritize through scouting. And I, I hope that is the, the, yes. the factor this, that they're looking at, is players who can play the game fast, not necessarily like, oh, they just have rocket skates.
0: You've got to have a cerebral player as mm-hmm. much as a raw talent player. you got to have guys that can think and adapt as well, coachable guys.
3: Well, you know, I think on that front, it leads us very nicely to Kirby Doc who we have, you can see him on the ice thinking. yeah. And whether that's a hockey sense uh, situation or if it is a um, mental part of the game situation, they need to figure that out too because I still think when we're talking about the most important pieces that are on the roster now, he's right there. If they can get him to develop into a good number two center which I think is probably less than we thought he was when they drafted him third. But if they can get him to be a 60, 65-point guy, that accelerates the rebuild too. But, Phil, what have you seen from him just in the locker room? We know he deleted his social media. Derek King talked about him just kind of needing a mental break. Where's Kirby Doc mentally uh, and then as well as kind of on the ice?
1: Well, I want to clarify something. When we're talking about in the room, uh, we're talking about in – Basically, uh, like the conference room that they allow me. in the media room. True, in the media not the locker room, but it, yeah. but it makes a difference. Locker oh, room for to, sure. Yeah. yeah, we're we're not able to see them at their lockers mm-hmm. um, during this pandemic, you know, or even the remnants of this pandemic. So, you know, you, you have to judge based off of what you see during games, see during practice. I mean, I mean he he seems engaged, but I think uh, you have a good point about him kind of overthinking things sometimes on the ice um, where, you know, a lot of times you would like him to pull the trigger, you know, on, on a rush. Or, um, you know, sometimes I I wonder about his handles, you know. Uh, they, they knock the puck off him pretty easily sometimes. Um, you know, you would think a guy with a big body would be able to, you know, fend guys off a little better. But uh, – and I don't want – at the risk of being uh, a doc apologist – you know, between injuries and shortened schedules, oh, true. His All his it. learning curve is behind. You know, his availability on the ice. You know, despite his years in the league, you know, he still has time and room for development. Yeah, he's only twenty one, so there's not a time
0: to. There's still time for him to get much better. I mean, we we talked with Luke Richardson, and he certainly seems like a guy that isn't going to be a coach that says, this is how my system works. Yes. You adjust to it. He's, he's talked about, he told that Chris Weidman story. Yeah. He he looks like he coaches in players on an individual level to say, okay, this is what you can do. So now I got to figure out how I can incorporate what you do into the team structure. A lot of people said, Kirby doc's a guy that could use a change of scenery. He's getting it without even losing time, without even leaving town. Yes. He's getting a guy that, seems to be more into the coaching and development aspect with these guys. So I think Kirby Doc under Luke Richardson could be a very good thing. Um, people want to give up on him already, and yes, it's been super disappointing. But it wasn't Kirby Doc's fault that he got drafted third overall. It wasn't his fault that he got rushed to the NHL. It wasn't his fault that he suffered a just complete freak injury at the World Juniors. Maybe he shouldn't have been there, but that's another debate for another day. (laughs) These things aren't his fault. And he looks like a player that has no confidence and thinks too much. And a a hockey player that is on the ice thinking is a slow hockey player. Just that little beat that can cost you. Instincts. He's got to work on his – he's got to play with his instincts. I think He's got to trust his instinct. Exactly. And that's yeah. hockey's so fast. Do what you did to get here. If you're going to be the dominant guy, be the dominant guy. If you're going to be the guy that sets up your teammates, be the guy that sets up. but just pick a lane and, and go with
1: it. And I think Luke Richardson is the is a good guy to get him back on that path. And we'll see what happens. You raised an interesting point. There's one one thing I want to seize on that Mario and I were talking about beforehand. Um, you were talking about uh, you know Richardson not being a coach that wants you to bend to his system. You know, uh, you know, you, I'm going to fit you this round peg into a square hole. We were talking about Colin and it seemed like, and, and maybe it's a dynamic because he was following at Quinville, he felt like he had established authority. So, coaches coach players play. Yeah. Whereas on the other hand, uh, you know, you have a guy like Derek King, who is a nurturer, a jokester, eases the room. You know, To a man, everybody said that um, you know, he kind of relieves the tension. Maybe Richardson um, is the melding of the best qualities of those two. He has the gravitas without having to shake a stick um, that guys will follow him. But at the same time, uh, everybody that I talk to says that he really cares about his players and developing those players. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a guy that bridges both those gaps, uh, maybe you have something there.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that that definitely came across when when we had him on the show was just, just it seemed like, you know, if if I were an NHL player in my wildest dreams, um I mm, would want to time. I, yeah, only 32. Um <laughs> I would want to play for a coach that had that demeanor to where, you know, he can he can drive home a point, he can definitely, you know, get a message across and set a tone for 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 what he has expect, expectations for but is also not just going to say get there on your own and figure it out it'll be here here's where we want you to be here's where we think you can go here's what we can do to work with you to get to that point point. and it, it really seems like that is a, a big part of his coaching style and i think that that's going to be really important for you know all the young players as as they develop but you know talk, talking about Kirby Doc i think it's going to be really important for a player like him To be able to, you know, see some see see the steps that he is taking because he did start to take some, you know, towards the end of last season. um, Yes. Yes. In the right direction. Yes. Take those steps, build upon them, find the positives in those and be able to use that as kind of a new base layer for his development, because like 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 we mentioned, everything kind of got derailed. With the the broken wrist at the World Juniors, because he was stepping into that tournament as captain of Team Canada at the World Juniors, like about to be like the man, and then, snap, everything kind of took a, took a turn from there. So, if 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 Luke Richardson can unlock you know Kirby Doc's what, what's left of his major potential, I think that's that's huge. One thing that I think could help Kirby Doc. In unlocking his oh, potential that is uh, getting himself some <laughs> Owen. O W Y N stands for only what you need. It's a 100% plant, 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you the nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are one. They are completely allergen friendly. They do not contain any gluten or dairy. They are easily digestible. Uh, You may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. Uh, And right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com and use the promo code CHGO20. Uh, I myself try and cut out gluten and dairy as much as possible. Uh, I've also started trying to uh, work out a little bit more regularly, uh, and using Owen has really helped me out. Uh, cutting down on recovery time and uh, just making me feel good after those workouts. So join myself and Justin Fields, one in the same when it comes to working out and try Owen again, O W Y N only what you need.
3: Hunter in the chat says he uses both Owen and Strava and loves them both. So he is just a well-oiled machine. Though. Yeah. You gotta be ripped <laughs> and jacked at the same time. All right. One last question, Phil, before we let you go, uh, Michael's asked in the chat, any hunch on what the Blackhawks do at goalie?
1: <laughs> well, I'm of the mind that they probably find something amenable to the, the long-term plan in the free agency market. But I, I, I get the feeling because when we brought the subject up, I think the first name that Davidson mentioned was Arvid Soderblom. And I know Derek King said, like, hey, you know, let's give this guy some leeway. So, you know, I don't think Lankanen is – maybe they re sign maybe they don't. Uh, I don't think he's the de facto starter next season, though. Um, I think maybe they ride with Soderblom. Interesting. Um, I don't know. You I, guys have a, a, a thought on this? I mean, I like Soderblom. I, I covered a lot of Rockford
0: games last year. I don't think he's ready for that yet. And with goalies, you got to be so careful because uh, uh, we saw it with lankin A goalie with no confidence is a, usually a bad goalie. And I think that was a lot of Lincoln's problem as well as that hand injury that I don't think he ever fully recovered from. Personally, I have no problem bringing back Lankanen on a one or two year deal to say, Hey, let's see what you got. And then bring in a veteran, like a one A one B type of thing. Yeah. Maybe you take on that Peter Morazic deal from Toronto. What's it going to hurt you again? You got to think to long-term picture. If you bring in Lincoln and Morazic and they're both awful, Start printing up those Connor jerseys. <laughs> yeah. It's not the worst thing in the world. Being really yeah. awful this season kind of is what you want. I know they will never admit that. No. But it's kind of the goal.
2: They're not actively trying to lose, but they're also they're not trying to win. Trying either. to put Ice the best team possible. It's they're like, actively trying to not win. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: So <laughs> I, I if, if I were a betting man, and, and sometimes on points bet I am, uh, I would say Lincoln in his back. With one of those veteran guys, there's a lot of those you know veteran free agent guys. You know, do you bring in Braden hopey for a year at a, at a, at a cheap contract? Hope he has a really good year and then flip him for an asset at the deadline. And, well, they, then, at then, that, and then, at, then at that point, then Soda Bloom Soda, has Soda, had yes. three quarters of a season in the HL. Yeah. You bring him up and let him take it from there. That's not the worst idea in the world either. So, they, there's options, and that will be fun to see what happens. But as I've said before. Goaltending should be like way low on Kyle Davidson's priority list right now, especially yes. right now. That should be like the last box he checks yes. when building this roster because it really doesn't mean a whole lot for twenty two twenty three.
3: That's like the kicker in your fantasy football draft. Yeah. Oh yeah. god, I forgot to get a kicker yeah. last round. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, and I and, hate and kickers. But and I think <laughs> I think
2: too. The the outlook currently, I th- I think is giving a prospect like Drew Comezzo enough time to develop to where once he makes the jump to the professional game, whether it's, you know, spending some time in in Rockford and in, in the AHL or, you know, heaven forbid throwing him right into the NHL right away, but it's just kind of biding their time until their best prospect that they have at that position is ready to go and and make some sort of impact um, at at the top level. And I think probably two, three years away from doing that. So if you have, Arvid Soderblom. If you have Kevin Lincoln and it, on on two on a two three year plan, I think that that's probably the best you can hope for. Yeah. Without having to go too far outside of the organization, bringing in Mrazek or I know Matt you know Matt Murray with the, the Senators. There's been some conversations about making a deal that way, which also would have involved Alex Brinkett. But I mean, I, there are options out there. But I think the long term plan should be. Um, you know the, the the book that that Jay really likes, A Bridge to Comezzo. I think that's the the <laughs> the path that they're 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 going on.
0: Wasn't uh, Robert Redford in that? Yeah, movie? I think yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good one.
3: Well, Phil, we told you the hour would go by fast. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure you're following Phil on Twitter at underscore Phil underscore Thompson. Very confusing. Thanks, Phil. Yes, that's great. I, I probably love for it. The uh, really easy to find. Uh, <laughs> underscore Phil underscore doctor. Thompson, <laughs> uh, and we got to tell you. So the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Thursday, we are live at 6 through the end of the first round. 6 p.m. Central. We'll be on live during that show. We're going to talk to Joe Brand from WGN, the pre- and post-game host. We've got uh, a couple other guests lined up. We've got Jack Bushman from Lockdown Blackhawks. We've got Dave Melton from Second City coming on uh, Friday. We'll be live at 10 a.m. for rounds 2 and 3, where the Hawks have, at this point, five picks. Then we'll take a break. Once the draft completely concludes, we'll be back around four or four thirty-five for our draft wrap-up show. We'll be joined by Colby Cohen, who, if you've forgotten, aside from doing Hawks games, covers NCAA hockey games, has his eye on the pulse of college and minor league hockey, so he'll have insight on a lot of these draft picks. Um, that will be look for it around four or five o'clock on Thursday as the enti- on Friday as the entire draft wraps up. So tons coming the rest of this week, and remember next week prospects camp pre-agency we have got it covered unlike anybody else here at the chgo blackhawks podcast so we want to thank phil for coming in and for greg and mario i'm jay thanks to natalie for producing the show today and thanks for listening to the chgo blackhawks podcast